This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is Episode 9, and today we're talking about books released on July 7th, 2015. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow well-redhead, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello, Rebecca! Hello, Liberty! It's that time again. It is, and it feels especially appropriate to be talking to a friend named Liberty as we prepare for the 4th of July. Even though it'll be after the 4th of July by the time the show drops and you're grumbling. So we'll move on from that. (laughs) (laughs) Moving right along. It's it's my least favorite holiday. I'll just say that. Also, I live in Maine, which is called Vacation Land because somebody was very cruel a long time ago. Um, So it's just like the great parking lot of Maine right now. Um, You know, you can't go anywhere. The traffic is stopped. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. That sounds insane richmond like clears out in the summer on the summer weekends because everyone drives to the beach a few hours away so i wouldn't want to be on the highway going south from richmond today but i'm quite happy to stay in the city and let it be a little emptied out yeah it's i'm not leaving my house anytime soon it's just Uh, well i don't blame you there's lots of people people sitting in their cars from my window right here you have books why would you leave That is true. It is true. Before we get to our book picks this week, and I know we're both excited, especially about the ones we have to lead off the show, I just want to remind our listeners that you can attend Book Riot Live for $20 off uh, with the code MORECATS when you register. If you're not familiar, Book Riot Live is the two-day readers convention that we are hosting on November 7th and 8th in New York City. It's going to have all kinds of great programming, including, and we have just announced this, so I'm really excited. Margaret Atwood. Yes. And we didn't even have to like kidnap her and ransom her back to Canada to get her to agree to do it. (laughs) No, she's so awesome. We should change the discount code to more cat's eye. That's my favorite (laughs) Margaret Atwood novel, Cat's Eye. Anyway, if you don't get the We should do some, we'll do some um, Margaret Atwood recommendations closer to the event for people who are coming. Yeah, because Uh, she has 1,100 books. So, so many. Uh, we're so excited. It's been in the works for a little while, and our events director, Jen Northington, uh, is you know spearheading all of the programming and has done a wonderful job. So we're just so stoked. I can't wait. I've seen Margaret Atwood speak a few times before, but like this time I might actually get to talk to her and maybe act kind of like a normal person. Uh, and you can do that too. So come hang out with us at Book Riot Live. Go to bookriotlive.com to see all the information and to register and use the code MORECATS at your checkout to get $20 off. Yay. Okay, now books. Now books. That's why we're here. Um, I'm going to talk about a fabulous novel that is perfect for summer. It's called The Invaders by Carolina Vatslaviak. She wrote a fantastic novel um, that was out from $2 Radio a few years ago. And this is her second book. It is about badly behaved rich people. 
Okay, which is, I'm already I know, in. I was like, I, I, I know how much you love The Arrangements by Maggie Shipstead, and, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is a novel for Rebecca. I was reading it, and I was like, Rebecca, Rebecca, Rebecca. Yep, so it's uh, about badly behaved rich people. Um, Emma Straub called this book a time bomb in Madras shorts, which <laughs> is like the greatest thing. It, I was like, yeah, it really is. It's um, told in alternating chapters by a woman named Cheryl and uh, her stepson, Teddy. They live in this rich beachside community of Little Neck Cove in Connecticut. Uh, Cheryl is 44, and she is really faltering at being the perfect country club wife. Um, she met her husband when she used to work retail at a J. Crew. Um, he was married at the time, and he used to come in the store, and they kind of sparked up this affair, and he left his wife, Teddy's mom. But time has passed, and now that she was on the other foot, she's no longer the shiny new wife, and their relationship is not going well at all. Um, they're not sleeping together anymore. Uh, they're just, she thinks he's having an affair, um, and she's not feeling great about herself. She's the women of the of the community are not very nice to her. She doesn't really quite fit in. She doesn't come from money, so she's not one of them. Um, it's a it, this book is a really great look at the double standards of age and aging, like how you know women are just kind of cast off uh, once they start to lose their looks. Um, you know, trophy wives are, and um, then there's Teddy who has a serious chemical abuse problem he has just been kicked out of college and you know kind of slinks back home uh to just spend the summer there kind of getting his self getting himself together um which includes you know lots more chemicals and he kind of takes an interest in one of the board housewives that he sees by the pool which you know is not a great idea (laughs) um so it's just this hot summer in connecticut and there are lots of people unhappy people around um, you know, lots of affairs, lots of drinking, and a lot of not good being done. Um, it's it, but it's really the Invaders is really about trying to fit in and ultimately deciding if you really want to fit in. Um, and it's just it's fantastic. And uh, I'm really I was really interested because it seems it seems to be the central theme to her, Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. of fitting in. Um, her last novel was called How to Get into the Twin Palms. Which I keep wanting to call How to Get Into the Twin Peaks. Um, <laughs> That's a totally different book. Totally different. First you talk to Bob. Um, <laughs> but this is, uh, How to Get Into the Twin Palms was also about like how to assimilate yourself into your new surroundings. Like if when you desperately want to fit in. Um, and so again, that is called The Invaders by Carolina Vatslaviak. And I'm going to spell her last name because she's wonderful and you should know. It's W-A-C-L-A-W-I-A-K. That spells awesome. Woo! Let's do our first sponsor before we before we get to my pick. Okay. All right. Uh, our first sponsor of the day is Scribd. Scribd is a subscription book service that gives you unlimited access to a library of more than half a million ebooks, audiobooks, and comics. Uh, so just about anything you're looking to read, you can find at Scribd. And if you go to Scribd, it's uh, scribd.com slash bookriot. You'll get started with a free month. It's After that, it's just $8.99 a month. So for just eight ninety nine a month, you can have unlimited access to ebooks, audiobooks, and comics, um, and that's Scribd spelled S C R I B D. Um, they have major, they have major stuff. They have major stuff. Uh, they they have stuff for major houses like HarperCollins, uh, Simon and Schuster, Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, uh, as well as fabulous small presses like McSweeney's, Tin House, and Counterpoint. And I'm just gonna do a little plug here for my friend 
Catherine Towler. She has a book coming out from Counterpoint next year called The Penny Poet of Portsmouth, which I'm sure you'll hear me mention many more times after this. But when it comes out, you will be able to read it on Scribd because Counterpoint is one of the publishers with them. And that is just a few of the publishers available. There are a ton more, a kitten ton more. Um, <laughs> Scribd has also worked with all these publishers to come up with curated lists, and the editors at Scribd uh, are worked with them, and they... Uh, <laughs> I just so, lost it. Did the wheels just fall off? Oh, my uh, God, they did. So, I got okay. you. I got you, girl. I've done this one before. Uh, <laughs> the editors, this is why there's two of us. The editors at Scribd create curated lists of books by theme and concept and idea and genre. You you know, you name it. You guys know what a themed list is uh, to help you discover new titles. And then Scribd's algorithm, recommendation engine, magic thing. Um, pays attention to how you rate books, um, whether you rate them highly or whether you give them low ratings, and then it tailors your recommendations from there. So they take what you like and what you don't like into consideration when they're helping you decide what to read next. Um, when you go to scribd.com slash book riot, that landing page also contains uh, features of 15 of Book Riot's favorite books um, that are available in the service, and they represent a variety of genres and concepts. So you can read the first volume, or the first, yeah, the first volume of Lumberjanes, uh, which is hands down the favorite comic for Book Riot folks of the year. You can read my favorite short story collection ever, What the World Will Look Like When All the Water Leaves Us by Laura Vandenberg. You can read uh, Jesmyn Ward's memoir, which now it's my turn to forget. <laughs> What is Jasmine Ward's memoir called? Um, salvaging. No, Salvaging the Bones is her novel. Is, that's also available on script. <laughs> you can read How to Be Black by Baratunde Thurston, which is hilarious and smart and such an important book about race. Many more. Uh, so to start your 30 days of unlimited reading, listening, and comics ing, and to support our show here and tell them that you're coming from us, go to scribd, S-C-R-I-B-D dot com slash book riot and get started. Uh, if you go back and listen, I'm sure you can hear the spot like where my brain just clicked, clicked <laughs> off. Like it's been a really long week and <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't get it my mouse to, to like roll my notes right. down and I was like... Um. <laughs> also, the Jasmine Ward memoir is called Men We Reaped. Men We I Reaped. Remember. I can never remember that. But I yeah. want to talk about that book because it's so good and so important, especially yeah. right now. Uh, yeah. So, so I want to tell you something that I, I don't often confess. Like, I'm going to confess it right here. Do as, it. As, you know, penance for my, my brain stopping. Um, I've never, I've never listened to an audiobook. You haven't? No, because my commute has always been like so tiny. Oh, right. So tiny. So I'm very excited about this this Scribd subscription because uh, the Read Harder Challenge that we're doing through Book Riot, mm-hmm. um, one of the things is to listen to an audiobook. So, and I'm sure like there are people who listen to them all the time. And when I mm-hmm. mention that I have not listened to one, lots of people go, what? Well, but, I have, yeah, I have a similar problem because I don't have a commute. And I, like, drive places, but I don't have to drive very far to do anything. So I, it takes me forever to listen to one audiobook. It's, like, you know, 10 minutes on the way to the gym and four minutes on the way to the grocery store. Yeah. Um, well, it's I'm a lot of pressure dog. for me. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a lot of pressure to, like, pick a good one because I've never <laughs> done it before. So I, I want to ask our listeners out there if, if they have any recommendations. You know, please oh, let yeah. us know. Leave them in the comments, you know, on the post or find me on Twitter and let me know because... 
I'm looking for a good one. Yeah, if you, especially if you listen to a good one on Scribd, let us know. Um, Missoula, I know you just read Missoula by John Krakauer. That is available in audio on Scribd. Um, I like to read or listen to, to, to read, listen to like celebrity memoirs and lots of nonfiction because it's like being having a smart friend along for the trip. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds good. It's All fun. right. Okay, so let's go on. Man, we're just, it, things are going a little loose here, but that's good. I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. Week. It is. It's, <laughs> it's vacation week. Uh, so my first pick this week is called Speak. It's by Louisa Hall. This is a really fantastic novel that I'm kind of angry at the publisher for not, you know, putting a bigger push behind so far. Because when it showed up and I started reading it, I was like, why has no one been yelling about how great this book is? Uh, so now I'm going to do that here on the show. Uh, this novel is told by a chorus of voices that it just rotates from chapter to chapter, including a robot two men who created robots at different uh, times in American history. One is uh, entries from his diary, and the other we get um, chapters from the memoir that he's writing in prison in the year 2040. There's also letters from a fictionalized version of Alan Turing and a made-up diary of a young woman crossing the ocean from uh, Britain to the United States in the 1600s. So the story spans from the 1600s to the year 2040. We've got several centuries, and it's essentially about the creation and aftermath of artificial intelligence. Not in a, like, um, robo-apocalypse, the singularity, whatever, um, the technology takes over kind of way, but in that someone or several someones in succession create artificial intelligence that kids particularly relate to on a deeper and, like, more human level than they relate to other humans. And so their attachments to to these robot babies that kids get uh, becomes troubling to people. This is essentially like you stitch this story together over the course of the book um, of how these robots got created. We get like little bits and pieces of what happened that eventually made uh, like made the government get rid of them uh, and who was responsible and what were they thinking when they made the thing and where did the stuff go off the rails? Um, what were the experiences like for the kids who were obsessed with their robot babies? Um, and you know, like Alan Turing writes letters to someone in the middle of the book. It's just so great. Um, she Hall really masters all of the all of the voices and pieces the story together in a way that you're kind of you learn something new from every chapter that helps you piece together what happened over the course of these five centuries. I just really loved this book. If you like, if you enjoyed like Station Eleven, if you like the novels that sort of slowly reveal to you what has happened um, in a nonlinear fashion, this is an excellent thing to pick up. You have to be willing to hang a little bit in the beginning with not really knowing exactly what's going on or why they're telling you the things that they're telling you, but it totally pays off. Um, again, that is called Speak. It's by Louisa Hall. So that was the book I was going to read last week, but then I got so excited to read it that I'm like holding on to it for like a really special time. Do you know oh. sometimes she, I don't know if this happens to anyone else, but I get so excited for authors and for their books sometimes that I can't read them. And I just kept thinking more and more about this book and I was like, I need this for like when I've read a bunch of stuff in a row that I really didn't enjoy. And I just know mm. that this is going to just knock me off my chair. Yeah, it would be a good palate cleanser. Yeah. So moving on, I'm going to try to not continue to be a human dumpster fire. Um, <laughs> the next book that I'm going to talk about is called Secessia by Kent Haskam. Uh, this 
centers around uh, General Benjamin Butler of Massachusetts during the Civil War. Kind of centers around him. Um, Kent wrote this amazing first novel called The Blood of Heaven. You may have heard about it. Um, and this book, uh, Secessia, it's S-E-C-E-S-S-I-A. Um, it's a really atmospheric gothic novel. Like, really atmospheric. It's fantastic. Uh, it takes place in New Orleans right after New Orleans has been overrun with Union troops. And uh, General Butler has sent his troops down to New Orleans to try and keep the order because chaos and dissent reign. Like, things are just completely out of hand because they don't want the Union troops there. Um, and the novel kind of centers on Elise, who is a descendant of slaves whose mother raised her to pass for white, and also her 12-year-old son, Joseph. Uh, Joseph's father, uh, who is Elise's husband, um, he is a horrible, horrible man. He was a character in his... in. Uh, Kent Wascombe's first book, but you don't have to know that um, to read this one. Um, he has just been found with a bullet in his head, and he's such a horrible person that nobody really cares or wonders, oh. like, is it suicide? Is it not? Nobody cares. The bad man is gone, you know. But now Joseph and Elise must make their way alone in the city. Um, you know, it's this turbulent city that it was not kind to women or children, you know, on a good day, and now, you know, everything is a mess. Uh, Joseph becomes attached to a Cuban immigrant who had this sort of uh, relationship with his father. And Elise encounters, encounters a figure from her past. This guy, he's just incredible. He's this disturbed physician who has some really unsettling interests. She's, he's someone that, that kind of reappears. Um, and then all of them cross paths with General Butler. A general, if you don't know, General Benjamin Butler is an actual figure from history uh, who fought in the Civil War. And he later served in Congress and played a big role um, in the impeachment of President Andrew Johnson, and also authored the Ku Klux Klan Act, uh, which oh. gave federal authority to prosecute the Klan in the South, which was then signed into law by Ulysses Grant. Also, um, I, I don't think I should have mentioned this at the beginning. This is my wheelhouse. Like you know that, <laughs> like so the civil is. the Civil War is the thing that I love to read about the most, um, and this novel is just incredible. Um, and not just that, but his Kent Wascombe's writing is a thing to behold. I mean, it is just remarkable. Um, this book is big and gorgeous and bloody and violent. And I was trying to come up with like a good way to describe it. And I'm not sure if this like really works, but I was like, it's kind of like getting punched by a fist wrapped in really elegant lace. <laughs> like it's so pretty. And then it hits you and you're completely stunned because this book just sits in your brain it's it's amazing so if you love historical southern gothics or civil war novels or you want to see some astounding prose then check out this new kent wascom novel secessia awesome i don't think my next pick could be any more different from a big novel <laughs> about the civil war um my next choice which i sort of previewed last week i think is called as if the oral history of clueless as told by amy heckerling the cast and crew it's by jen cheney she's a journalist who uh, wrote an oral history of the valley party scene for vulture that's the scene in clueless where ty gets hit in the head with a shoe and they do roll in with the homies and yeah i mean you, you guys have seen the movie you know what i'm talking about um that 
piece was so interesting and exciting for her and so fun to work on that she decided to spin it out into a, a book as a project of the whole history of the the whole movie. So um, by interviewing Amy Heckerling and Alicia Silverstone and Donald Faison and a bunch of the people who played in the movie and then also a bunch of the cast, or those are the cast, a bunch of the crew and a bunch of like the producers and the people behind the scenes who made the movie happen, she puts together how Clueless got made uh, and also the impact that Clueless has had on culture. So you get little inside secrets that I thought were so much fun, stuff like that Lauren Hill, uh, who I just love, uh, auditioned to play Dion, which was um, played by Stacey Dash in the final version of the film. It's just interesting, you know, to think about what that role might have been like if it hadn't been Stacey Dash, because she's so perfect and iconic in that character. Um, also, this is really fun. There's a scene uh, at that val- the Valley House party where there's a-, a couple making out in the pool, and they just picked like two extras who were willing to stand in a pool all day and make out and just like be cold and pruney and get paid a little bit extra. And years later, Amy Heckerling ran into those people on the street like in Beverly Hills and they said you don't you know you don't remember us but we played the couple that make out in the pool and the valley party scene and we met that day and then we fell in love and now we're married and we have kids Um, and so there's like a clueless marriage there are children who exist because of the filming of clueless Um, there's you know great interviews with Paul Rudd with the um, with Dan Hedaya who played Cher's father uh, with uh, Wallace what is his name I can't remember remember his last name Wallace someone who plays Mr. Hall and also you know famously was in the Princess Bride just great great interesting stuff and Jen Cheney's writing is really fun she incorporates the voice and a whole lot of clueless references into the narrative as she's weaving together the pieces from her interviews with all of these people she looks at clueless's impact on fashion on sort of the rise of the girl power movement on slang and also what clueless did to jumpstart a new era of teen movies um, I just loved everything about this book. My poor husband knows so much about Clueless that he never wanted to know now because I like for the last week have been like, hey, hey, remember the scene in Clueless? And because I've watched it a million times, he's like, um, yes. And I'm like, well, this is the thing that happened. <laughs> okay, honey. Uh, so if you guys would all read As If by Jin Cheney, then we can talk about it together and Bob can have a break. You never know. Someday that might save his life. <laughs> I don't know I, about that. I don't know why, but just mark my words. <laughs> Someday. Also, I have to tell you something, and I don't know if you're going to break up with me after I tell you Have this. you never seen Clueless? Oh. It's okay. Liberty, you should come visit, and we'll have a sleepover and watch Clueless. Okay. I, it's just one of those things. I don't know how it happened. I just never got to it. I don't know. It um, happens. I, I've never seen this. The uh, I've only ever seen the first Star Wars movie. So uh, that's my... Pop culture confession. Let's roll on. Let's go back to things we know about. Okay. One thing I know about debut novels, I don't know if we've discussed this before, but I'm calling it. I'm calling 2015 the year of the debut novel because there are so many fantastic books that have come out that are people's first books. And Mm -hmm. well, you know, I always say people's first books. We say debut novel. We don't know. They might have written 15 books and not published them. And this is the one that hit, you know, but their first published novel there are so many mind-blowing, great books out there right now. And I just think that this year there seems to be more than usual. Yep, I agree. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to talk about one right now. It's called Among the 10,000 Things by Julia Pierpoint. This is another one I think that you would really like. Um, the book opens with this letter 
it's being written by a woman to her to the wife of her lover and she's telling this woman deb about how she's been having an affair with deb's husband and for some reason her husband broke it off and this woman is very distraught she doesn't know why she can't figure it out so rationally she prints out every single email that the, that she's ever exchanged with deb's husband and packs them up in a box and mails them to deb what yeah yeah so that's you know so one you're sleeping with this woman's husband that's lousy two you send these emails to her rotten um however the box of emails does not get opened by deb it ends up in the hands of the couple's children Kay and simon hmm. yeah it's it's kind of sad. Like Kay thinks it's something for her. It's not. Oh no. Yeah. It kind of, it and so it kind of reminds me of atonement in just that it's about children not understanding what they're seeing mm. um and like the dangerous and sad repercussions that that can bring and the the way it changes people. Um Kay is only 11 and she's she's not very popular. She's not she's kind of shy. Uh she gets bullied a lot. And her older brother, Simon, is 15, and he's just kind of beginning to get a taste of freedom and what it is to be an adult. Um, but he's not making great decisions. He gets he gets caught shoplifting. Um, and then Deb, the, the woman who the box was intended for, is uh, this woman who gave up her career as a dancer to marry Jack, the horrible man, um, and raise a family. You know, and now she's faced with the ugly consequences of his actions and the effects that it has on her children and her marriage. Um, and the book is split into four parts. I know that you love a shifting timeline narrative, which is why I thought of you, because it just goes back and forth and it, and it lets you know, like, what happens to these people after mm-hmm. the box is opened and their lives are kind of torn apart. Um, it's just a really audacious first book. It reminded me a lot of Claire Massoud. Have you, oh. have you read her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought a lot about her. And I also think that this book is a great book club pick because it's going to spark a lot of debate. I'm just going to stop picking my own books and let you do it for me. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Amazing Him, Winnie, that would be my next recommendation <laughs> for you. <laughs> but no, so that this fabulous novel that I was just discussing, um, check it out. It's incredible. It's called Among the 10,000 Things by Julia Pierpoint. Awesome. I'm definitely going to read that. Uh, Before we go to my next pick, we have our next sponsor of the show. This week is also sponsored by Man by Kim Twee. Uh, This is a novel about a a woman named Man. That's M-A with a tilde N. Uh, She has three mothers, the one who gives birth to her during wartime, the nun who plucks her from a vegetable garden, and her beloved Mama, who becomes a spy to survive. Seeking security for her grown daughter, Mama finds Man a husband. He's a lonely Vietnamese restaurateur who lives in Montreal. So Man has to go from Vietnam to Montreal to live with this new husband. She's thrown into a new world. And while she's there, she discovers that she has a natural talent as a chef. So as she practices her art using food as her medium, she creates dishes that are more than sustenance for the body. They evoke memory and emotion, time and place. And sometimes they even bring her customers to tears. Uh, That is a damn good meal. Uh, Man is a mystery. Her name means perfect fulfillment, but she and her husband seem to drift along just respectfully and dutifully and 
uh, not perfectly fulfilled, apparently. Um, and then she encounters a married chef in Paris, and everything changes in the instant of a fleeting touch. Um, so there, man discovers the all-encompassing obsession and ever-present dangers of a love affair. This book was selected by Barnes & Noble for their Discover pick, which is a really big deal. Uh, they only pick a few of them every year, so you can watch for it to be featured at Barnes & Noble stores across the country. In Canada, Kim Twee has won just about every major award there is, including the government. Governor General's Award for Best Fiction. And her debut novel, speaking of big, awesome debut novels, uh, is called Rue, R-U. It won the Canada Reads last year, which is a program that selects one book that all of Canada should be reading. Uh, so Kim Twee is a you know very recognized and highly acclaimed writer, and this is uh, her new book. So you can check out Man, M-A with a tilde over at N, by Kim Twee, that's T-H-U-Y, uh, wherever books are sold. And we'll have a link to it in the show notes. Thanks to them for sponsoring this week. Um, yes. I love it when our sponsors are books that I have not heard of yet and get to get to learn about. It fits right in with the new books thing we're doing here. I do have Rue. I just... But I loved it when you said today's show is sponsored by men. I was like, thank you, world. Thank you, all of the planet. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I don't know if it's man or mon. Uh, They also sponsored the Book Riot podcast this week, and I pronounced it like 17 different ways. So I'm going to figure that out. This is a learning experience for us. It it really is. We're running out of time. So we are. Oh my gosh. I know. Sorry. We'll go quickly. We'll just get it. Go a little over this week. It's fine. Okay. Uh, It's the holidays. So uh, (laughs) my next pick this week is A Map of Betrayal. What was that sound? No, I'm excited for you. Okay, good. Uh, It's A Map of Betrayal by Ha Jin. This is out in paperback this week. This was one of my favorite books of last year, and I didn't think it got talked about nearly enough, so here we are. Uh, The main character knows that her father was the most important Chinese spy ever to be caught in the U.S. Um, After his death, she gets his diary. Um, She's a historian, so more than just discovering her father's secrets as a normal person, she gets to see into his double life, but also can use the skills and the access that she has as a historian to try to uncover more. She takes trips to China. There are some really sort of unsettling experiences that she has while she's trying to meet people who knew things about her father's life. And she uncovers he had some big secrets. Um, Spies live a double life anyway, but her father was living like the doublest of double lives, including that he had a second family that was hidden in China while she was being raised in the US. Uh, This is not a spy novel about spycraft. There's no like passing secret messages that are hidden in the soles of shoes or any of that like Maxwell smart James Bond kind of stuff. It's a look at the domestic and personal life of a spy and how complicated that would be and what kind of fallout it would have for the spy's family, especially if the spy lets the secret keeping uh, be go beyond his professional life and into uh, building secrets into his personal life as well. It's quiet. It unfolds very gradually, very slowly. Um, this is like not a fast page turner thriller of a read. It's a sink yourself into a comfy chair and just sort of let the story happen. I really, really enjoyed it. And it's out in paperback. It's perfect for summer if you want to do, you know, a different twist on the spy story. And that is A Map of Betrayal. Awesome. That's Mm. fantastic. Yes. Uh, I I also read Waiting by Hajin. Have you read that one? No. That one is so good, too. Um, But so my last pick is called Bellwether by Dennis Mahoney. 
he wrote a really great novel called Fellow Mortals, and this is his second book. Um, this is the one that got the Catherine Dunn blurb that I mentioned a couple weeks ago, which is like getting oh, blurbed right, by right. a unicorn. Um, he got a lucky Catherine Dunn blurb. Uh, it's set in nineteen six in uh, nineteen in seventeen sixty three on the continent of Floria. It's like in this colonial town, um, and there's a man named Tom Knox. He's an innkeeper in a town called Root. And one day in the morning, he's out walking, and he sees this young woman trapped in a branch that's, like, quickly floating down the river. And he rushes in and saves her. Um, and now they have this woman. She's in the inn. She doesn't know who she is. And they're just that she's named Molly. That's all that she remembers. Um, the people of the town are, like, lining up to see her. Um, but as this is going on, uh, another man is brought to the inn. He is a victim of the maimers, which is just, like, the scariest thing ever. Like, just, just those two words. Like, the maimers. It's, like, death eaters. It's, like, frightening. Um, it's like, the maimers tell your kids stories about them to yeah. make them behave yeah it's, it's i was like oh that's so good um the maimers are these uh bandits who are prowling the roads stealing people's possessions as they're traveling but at the same time they also take a body part what? so yeah right so super creepy super creepy um and then it goes on to give us a little bit of molly's backstory and her life with her older brother and she and her very controlling father um but I don't really want to, I don't want to give anything away. Um, I'll just say that I just really loved this book. I loved his world building. Uh, I love books that are set in places that are like ours, except something's like a little different. You know, this is like colonial times, like American Revolution sort of, but there's also this supernatural element to it. Um, and Molly is just this fantastic character. She's really bold and tough as nails. And as the book goes on, you begin to wonder if she really needs saving. Um, and again, it's called Bellwether by Dennis Mahoney. Woo! Uh, my last pick this week is also an, a paperback release, and I know it's a book that we both loved, and we both share an affinity for road trip stories. So this like rings a bunch of the Liberty Rebecca bells. I did not mean to make a joke about the Liberty Bell, but <laughs> it just happened. Uh, this is Lucky Us by Amy Bloom. It's set in the 1940s. It's a story about two sisters uh, who road trip from Ohio to Hollywood after their father's death. They're driving a station wagon that they stole. Uh, and one of them wants to be a star. The other is her sidekick. They're learning stuff about their families. They're seeking fame. Well, one of them is seeking fame and the other is along for the ride, essentially. It's so smart. It's funny touching it like oozes with charm and is the kind of story that in the wrong hands could be like too sentimental or too sweet but in amy bloom's ha bloom's hands it's like just perfect uh it's road tripping stories you know perfect for summer this one takes place in the summer you see these iconic parts of america in the 1940s um with great pieces of culture woven in but also you know really thoughtful explorations of family of being sisters of what it means to be famous uh it's it was it's so great i really loved this book when it came out last year it was one of our riot read pick uh, picks when for a while we were doing a like book of the month club where we would send you one book every month this was one of our very first ones because so many of us at book riot loved it and it's out in paperback now this would also be a really good book club pick Oh, yeah. This was my favorite book of 2014, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Like, and just, so that's... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's just so original and interesting, and uh, I just absolutely loved it. Yeah. So that's Lucky Us by Amy Bloom. Those are our new books this week. What are you going to read now, Miss Liberty? I'm going to read something called Darkenville's Cat by Alexander Thoreau. 
Um, I was talking with Will Chancellor, who coincidentally, his fabulous novel, A Brave Man, Seven Stories Tall, comes out in paperback today. Um, he, We were talking about books that have cats in them, because I'm a big fan. And <laughs> More cats. Told, yeah, and he told me about this book called Darkenville's Cat that I had never heard of. Uh, I think Alexander Thoreau is Paul Thoreau's brother, he said. Anyway, I ordered it from the library. Very excited to get going. What are you going to read? I am going to read The Mad Feast by Matthew Gavin Frank. Uh, he wrote a book called Preparing the Ghost yes. last year. That's this like extended essay and meditation on obsession. Uh, the essay is about the giant squid and the man who first photographed a giant squid in the 1800s. And I just love Matthew Gavin Frank's brain. He starts with the thing he's researching and he starts with the idea, but then it spins out into these, you know, sort of tangential, but really fascinating thoughts as well. The Mad Feast is a trip through the 50 states with a look at an iconic dish that's served in each of the 50 states and what that dish says about that state with the larger you know, story of the book being about how food shapes culture and identity. Uh, I'm. It's a beautifully designed book. Um, there's a recipe for each of the dishes at the end of each chapter. I'm really, really looking forward to jumping into it. It comes out later this fall from Live Right. Live Right. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, those are our new books this week. That's our show. Thank you for hanging with us while our wheels came off a little bit. But <laughs> it's the holiday. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Thanks again to our sponsors, Scribd. You can go to scribd.com slash bookriot to get a free one-month trial of the service. We will be happy to recommend things for you. If you're looking, you can hit us up on Twitter. I am at Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. If you have audiobook recommendations for Liberty, please do let her know. Thanks also to Man by Kim Twee. Uh, I just gave you our Twitter handle, so that part is done. You can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. Find the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, which is the thing you normally say, but for some reason I'm saying it this week. We're and just all over the place today. <laughs> we <Yeah>. are. <laughs> Uh, and if you like what you're hearing on the show, if you would take a minute to rate or review it on iTunes, it helps other people to find us. It lets us know how we're doing. And um, thank you, thank you, thank you again to all of you who have reviewed it so far. Yes. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time, even though we just keep going and going. Uh, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books. And as well, you can find a link to our weekly new books newsletter, which I write and have a great time doing and love to tell you about all the books. Uh, you can sign up for that. And that is it for us. I need a nap. I don't know about you. Maybe like a drink and a nap. <laughs> Yes, maybe the other way around. And a nap. <laughs> Happy reading. Happy reading.